Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. What up, Glenn? Mikey. How you doing, my friend? Good, man. What's going on, Chief? Well, you know what? We have been in such a season of table for three that it's nice just having a cup of coffee Dude, with my I buddy. I can't tell you. I mean, you, I love our guests. I know. I can't tell you that I feel the same way. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Hey, let's do some housekeeping, and then we'll jump into you topic. You got it, man. Let's, got... let's clean the house. Yeah. So, I love housekeeping. So I think the first thing that we want to promote is our email uh, catcher up on our website at sober.coffee. Uh, enter your email in there, and, you know, look, we'll, you know, we'll protect it. We'll keep it, we'll keep it safe, and we'll just let you know when we're doing bonus drops and you know, if we've got anything else to pass along to you, we think has some value. So leave your email address. Join the community. Love it. Very good. And we also, if you want to reach out to us, we love getting mail, anonymous mail mm-hmm. at uh, podcast at sober.coffee. That's how you reach the show. That's how you reach Mikey. That's how you reach Glenn. And then we're also on Instagram at sober.coffee podcast on Twitter Sober Coffee Pod. Yeah. And then also on Twitter at, at Stay Sober Today. Are we on TikTok? We are not on TikTok. I don't think we're ever going to be on TikTok. I don't know. I think you got to be a 15-year-old girl to be on TikTok. I think. Oh, well, uh, let me think about it. Am I wrong? Stop. Yeah, well, I was trying to do my 15-year-old yeah, voice yeah, there. It didn't, yeah, it's it didn't work. Long, it's long old. Yeah, long ago gone. <clears throat> didn't work, man. But I love sitting down having coffee with you, as always. And guests have been great. Got a great series going. Oh, yeah. But, man, you know, it's just great to sit down and banter back and forth about stuff on the sober path. It is. And on that topic, you uh, you just took a big you just took a big stroll down uh, recovery lane, didn't you? Yeah, I did, man. Monumental I was, uh, moment, huh? <clears throat> it was a monumental moment. And we're going to take some time tonight and just unpack it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to tee up or do you want me? Well, I could sing uh, Wedding Bell Blues. I could sing uh, Going to the Chapel. Now, you didn't get married, but... I did not. Let's, no. let's make that clear. Now, let's be clear there. And Jen will be happy to hear you haven't remarried. That's right. I have not remarried on Jen. Um, but, yeah, your your daughter got married, and uh, love to love to just let you share in this. I, I, I had the fortune of experiencing that with you remotely. So I got the texts, I got the calls, I got the pictures. You know, frankly, it really brought a tear to my eye, those... The pictures of the prep work before, you know, when you're, you got the dad daughter thing to put boutonnieres and stuff on. I'm yeah, like, it was really cool. Like that is just <clears throat> something else. But really, you were with me every step of the way, and it wasn't just wedding week. It wasn't wedding day. It was the year and a half. Yeah, right. Right from sure. engagement, and um, so what I thought we'd do is, you know, this session's called wedding bells, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's not my wedding bells, but you know, a lot of people out there you know, question about, well, if I get sober, you know, in fact, one of the stories that I told, and and I think it's funny, but it's, the guy was dead serious, is there was a guy in the room, and, and he's new to the rooms, and, and I was talking to him after a meeting, and he says, 
He goes, oh, man, this whole, this whole sobriety thing. He goes, the one thing I really struggle with is what am I going to do at my daughter's wedding? And, and, and I looked at him. I go, dude, I got that. I said, I got two daughters. I said, you know, I get it. I said, how old's your daughter? <laughs> he says, she's three. <laughs> and, and I just, I laughed. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm like, look, we'll have it figured out by then, right? Um, but that just shows you the, the kind of the head trash and, and, and kind of the wrestling match when you come into the rooms and, and w- when you're trying to make that commitment or you're trying to wonder, well, I'm a, am I going to be sober forever? How am I going to handle these situations? And how am I going to handle the toast at my daughter's wedding, right? right. Or, or, or be there and, and have fun at my daughter's wedding. So what I thought we'd do is just kind of walk through my wedding story with my daughter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in order to do that, I need to tee it up. Okay. So for those that haven't heard Glenn's story or, or have listened to a lot of episodes, I'll give you a quick back backstory. Um, so I love my daughters. I love my daughters like crazy since they were born um, for, you know, 10 or so years of their life. You know, I, I thought the role of being dad is, you know, buy them everything, you know, really support them, really be a cheerleader for them. You know, I was never around very much. I traveled a lot for work. Um, I was really into myself and my own agenda. But, you know, I, I thought at the time I was super dead because I was buying them great stuff and got them a great house and all that stuff. What I didn't know is all the damage that I did by, A, not being the type of dad that they really needed or really wanted or would really value or benefit from. Um, and, and, and secondly, when my drinking really took off, I was the absent dad. I would always make the commitments, and then I'd be too drunk or hungover when the uh, event came, and I just wouldn't go, or I would go hurt. You know, there there were a couple times I went to graduations and stuff, and I was in really bad shape, and I probably shouldn't have gone. So there was a point in time, uh, 2014, uh, where you know they were really trying with me, and and I was trying, and you know I was doing you know AA my way, and I was doing recovery my way, and when it was convenient for me, and I did it you know, how it felt good for me, not how the program was outlined. And then September of uh, 2014, I had a disastrous relapse. I, you know, I was out in Palm Springs for work. I went to six hospitals across the country, landed up in an eight-day detox and landed on my my um, counselor's floor <clears throat> on a Friday afternoon, and, and I couldn't even sit up. I mean, I was so, I was in such bad shape. And and it was during that time, you know, where they, they both, you know, got with me and they said, look, dad, we're done. You know, we're done. We, we tried to support you. We were there. We weren't there. You know, you're in and out of rehabs. My been in 75 plus detoxes, you know, they knew about half of them and they were just so sick and tired of dad being sick and tired. And, and they're like, dad, we're done. In fact, I can remember when, when my oldest daughter, the one who got married, um, she was 18 and, and I was going to yet another rehab. And, um, and I stopped by to see her, and, and she's like, Dad, this isn't right. She goes, I'm the teenager. I'm the one that's supposed to be messed up, and you're supposed to have your act together, and you're messed up. You can't even you know, get half a game together, and I have A-plus game. And, and she really did. And, um, and, and she was right. And, and so, you know, not sure about all all the details, but in my mind, in my counselor's mind, they wrote me off, and, and they basically said, "Dad, we never want to see you again." 
And my counselor and I actually started working on that. You know, and I remember my counselor very clearly said, Glenn, we have to start working on the fact, you know, we have to get you to understand that you're probably not going to see your daughters again. You probably did enough damage, right, where there is no, you know, mending the relationship, right? This is not going to be a quick rebound. It's not going to be, hey, let me take you out to dinner. Oh, okay, Dad. That's how, he said, those days are over. And he goes, I, we have to start preparing you that you're probably not going to see them again. Now, over time, I, I will say I was able to connect with them. Um, but at that point, probably for several years, my words were useless to them. My words meant nothing. So let's just say three years. My words were nothing. I was still in some general contact with them. I'd see them once in a while. You know, we had conversations. They never really wanted to talk about how I was doing because they were tired of the bullshit, you know. But what they did see during that period of time is that I was sober and that I did what I said I was going to do. Um, and, and probably the three-year mark was when they were starting to open up and the three-and-a-half, four-year mark, somewhere around there is when I made my amends to them. And, and I can remember going through events where I normally would have drank before and I showed up and I performed and I did great. I did what I said I was going to do. Um, and, and over time, they were starting to build trust. Um, because they saw my actions, not words. So clearly, you know, years four, and, and I just, you know, I just celebrated seven years. So clearly years four or five, you know, I was um, continuing to rebuild my relationship with them. It was still tense at times. It was still strange. We, we weren't comfortable with each other, you know, like we are today. And But it was a process. That's all I'll say. So... It was back in, oh, I'm trying to think. It was probably, I'm trying to do the math here, 2020. So it was during COVID. Um, there, you know, I, I was out golfing, and I was out golfing in an AA golf outing, and I was with my sponsor. My, my sponsor was in the foursome in front of me. And I, I can remember, in fact, I just played the same course last week, and I took a picture of the exact spot I was in when I got a text from my daughter. So she met this guy, and... I had met him a couple times. Um, you know, we went to a picnic the other one times. They, they came over our house for a picnic. I went out to eat with him a couple times. And really cool guy, right? And and all he knew, and, and and my daughter probably, you know, told him some backstory about dad, sure. right? Um, you know, and I, you know, I never drank around him, of course, because I'm sober. Um, but <clears throat> it was on that golf course that I got a text, and the. Uh, the text was all the text was a picture of her ring, her hand, with the her ring. hand yeah. with with the ring, right? And 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 I had an idea because like two months before we I got on Zoom with him and you know he asked me and we had a really good conversation and you know I totally supported that and 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 frankly I was surprised I got that call sure because I thought her stepdad would get the call because there were some times. When the stepdad was doing parent day at school and sure. dad wasn't invited and the stepdad went, and, right? The B and, team. You, you were on the B team. Dude, I was on the no team. You know, I wasn't invited. Mm-hmm. So that, that shows you what, what team I was on. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, let's just say I was on the B team. You know, I, I love how that's put. Um, so I kind of knew it was coming. So, so I get this text of, of the picture of her hand with the ring on it. First thing I did, you know, I took my shot. Good, good shot. And I went up to my sponsor in the hole in front. I'm like, dude, I showed him the picture. I said, dude, we're going on a road trip. 
right? Because I knew I was going to take him to that wedding. First thing I did was set my guardrails. I, I, I fixed my head trash. I wasn't going to let myself go crazy. I'm like, you know what? I'm taking my support with me. I'm taking my sponsor with me. And he goes, ah, oh, that's great, dude. That's great. So now we're in, let's just say, we're in wedding season, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, we're in wedding season, and it's a year and a half wedding season. Oh, sure it is. Yeah. And it was a year and a half because all the venues were taken up because of COVID, and so there was a backlog of weddings and blah blah. Right. So right after that, uh, Jen and I went down to visit them, and they they took us to their venue. Actually, we were going on a venue tour, right? They were four to look at, and and I was surprised. I'm like, oh my gosh, she actually likes wants to be involved. You know, like like I was really surprised. And I'm like, okay, let's go to the venues, right? And and meanwhile, I had learned a different way to live with them by now. You know, I wasn't Mr. Opinionated. I was in the back seat. I was riding the bus and I was enjoying the ride. All I kept saying is, This is great, this is great. If they wanted my opinion, I weighed in very softly. You know, I wasn't the asshole dad that I was for so many years. Um, and, and so we toured this first place and it was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it was perfect. And, you know, she's, she's walking me around, like she's spending time with me, walking me around. Dad, what do you think of this? Dad, I like this. I'm like, Hey, so do I, you know, totally supportive. I, I just let her drive the bus and it was different. And, and I had been living my relationship with them differently up to this point. So it wasn't something that was new. But I got out of the driver's seat with them, and they're adult women, and I let them drive their own bus. Yeah. And I'm just a passenger on it, right? So, you know, long story short, I was involved. She wanted my opinion. She wanted me there. Um, her mom didn't see it till the wedding day, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm qualified to, to carry on such a sense of responsibility. And this is the girl that you really thought had written you off. Absolutely. Not... I thought. You, she had. Yeah. She told you. Yeah. And and here we are walking around the wedding venue. And and I'm thinking, and, and literally in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm sure it's her stepdad and, and I'll walk her down the aisle, right? And I, I had no idea what was going on in her mind. You know, I, I just didn't. And you know how head trash works. You know, mm-hmm. you know me well enough. My head trash, right? So all that was going well, okay? So... You know, everything gets, you know, she starts making the plans. So they, they pick that venue, start making the plans, and she's going to get a, a, a wedding planner for the last part of it because she's trying to save money. So she's talking about the money, right? So I talked to Jen, and I'm like, hey, here's, here's where we're at, you know? I said, I promised her her whole life that I would pay for a wedding. That's just what, what I promised to do. I said, we are not in a position to do that right now. What can we do? So I sat down with Jen, and... and what I was going to do, and, and this is what the program does, you know, the steps help, help train me to live differently. And, and so we, we, we decided on, on an amount. Should I say the amount? No. No, okay. So we decided on, on amount. Let's just say it was 10% of the bill, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So I talked to my sponsor, of course. Again, I'm working the program. I talked to my sponsor. I'm like, dude, here's where I'm at. I promised I was going to you know, pay for a wedding all these years. I can't do that today. And he goes, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm thinking about getting in on her face-to-face or in person. I want to mm-hmm. have a talk and just 
lay out exactly where I'm at. Be honest, exactly where I'm at. And he goes, good plan. So I got her on Zoom, quiet, just she and I on Zoom. I said, honey, I love you so much. I said, you know, clearly the life I'm living today is different than the life that, you know, I boasted about. You know, I don't make the money today. I, I, I made before, you know, and, and I said, and, and I live differently today. You know, I said, I realize that, you know, it's always the dad's dream and, and my commitment and what I said, you know, 500 times, so I was looking forward to paying for your wedding. I said, I don't have that capability today. I said, however, I said, I, I am really looking forward to contribute. And here's what we can contribute. And she started to tear up and she was so grateful. I mean, she was just so grateful. And here the head trash, I'm like, wow, she's gonna get all pissed off at me again and she's gonna be disappointed and she's gonna be resentful, right? And, and that's what my head's saying, right? But I trusted this program and, and I went in and, and I, I was honest with her. And I didn't try to be the showman. I didn't, I didn't go out and borrow, you know, 50, 80 grand yeah, right. to be the showman. I didn't. You would have. Oh, back then I would have done anything to be the man. Sure. But now I was humble. And it wouldn't have mattered to her. No, I was humble and, and I was honest. And, and, you know, I said, okay, I said, you know, start making the decisions. You know, I said, I'll get the money to you. And, and, and we did. And she called me. She said, Dad, this is incredible. I am so great. I mean, it, it was like, it was like I gave her, she acted like I gave her a million bucks. Right, right. You know, and it was nowhere near that. And, um, and, and so that was a real lesson, you know. And, and so now we're in wedding season. So let's just say 2022 is wedding season, right? She literally called me three times a week. You know, Dad, here's what's going on here. Here's what's going on here. What do you think about this? What do you think? And I just, I just enjoyed my backseat. I'm like, honey, that sounds great. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Go there for honeymoon. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great place. You know, all this and that. And, um, you know, the one thing I did, right, um, is in March. So, so the wedding was May 14th. And in Mar the beginning of March, you know, I wasn't feeling good about myself. I was portly, hefty, overweight. And, and I said to myself, you know, I want to be presentable. I want to feel good about myself. And, and hey, you know, did I feel good about myself? When, when I mean, probably not, because I knew I wasn't healthy. I knew I was overweight. So I said, I'm going to lose 40 pounds before her wedding. And I did. I went, I went at it, and in eight weeks. So the wedding week was, you know, I went down Wednesday. She's getting married Saturday. And that Wednesday morning before I left, I, I lost 40 pounds. I know. You, you called Dude. me up. You said, right on the button. Before, it was I wanted amazing. To wait, I wanted to lose 40 pounds by the wedding. I'm leaving for the wedding. Flight wheels up in a couple it hours. It was amazing. And I'm at 40. It was amazing. That morning, man, I was, and, and that did a lot for me. Yeah. You know, that, that did a lot for me saying, you know what, I can still set good standards for myself. I can still set good goals, and I can still hit them. Mm -hmm. You know, so wedding season was fantastic. One of the things that I want to share, and, and this, this is probably a little private, a little emotional, but I think it's worth sharing, um, is, you know, somewhere along the way, I, I wanted to address, it was always like, for me, the elephant in the room, right? About where dad's at, where I'm at with you, where we're at with our relationship. What I was seeing was, we are rebuilding. We're doing great together. We're we're building a relationship together, and we're comfortable with each other, and we're sharing, you know, you know, 
inner thoughts and, and you know, emotions and we're being raw with each other. So it was real, mm-hmm. right? That's what I saw. But in my head, I'm like, you know what? I, I just still want to process this somehow. And I'm just so grateful that she's given me. She actually called me Father the Bride. Hmm. She actually called me a VIP. She goes, hey, I'm, I, I have to give a list of, you know, VIPs. And, and you're, you're, you're one of the ones first on the list. I'm like, what? I'm a VIP? I'm a VIP. I, mean, I, I, I was surprised so many times through this process. So, I don't know, February, March, I wanted to write her. So I, I was going to get her a, a wedding card from me. And, and, and kind of where my head was at was I was just really celebrating them. Mm-hmm. had nothing to do with me. I was really celebrating them and their love and what they're going to embark and what they're going to build. And so I said, I'm going to send her a, a wedding card from me with a handwritten note. Mm-hmm. You know, just something that I'm grateful for where we're at today, right? And, and then I said... You know, at the same time, she said, Dad, let's do a daddy-daughter dance. And I'm like, love to. Suck at dancing, but let's do it. I've and, seen it. You're yeah, right. Yeah, totally. So so I'm like, well, what song? You know, now this is one point where I interjected my thought before. And I said, hey, why don't we, you know, dance to um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Is, the Hawaiian sure, dude is. Right. And because we went to Hawaii together, she and I, and we were driving in the convertible and we were listening to that song. And I mean, it's just, it, it's just kind of an impactful song, song right? right? No way. And she's like, now I was thinking landslide. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Okay. Now I listened to that song at least 500 times from February till now. And I'm trying to understand why she picked landslide. And I Googled meaning of landslide. I went out on my social media. I'm like, what does landslide, what does the song landslide mean to you? Right? Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to get some insight. And all I could think was landslide to me is not a positive event. It's catastrophic. Right? A landslide is catastrophic. Right? You know, I mean, I watch right. the TV and the landslides take out houses in California and people's lives go right. away. Right. People die. Right? So I'm like... Is she picking that song because my life was like a landslide? Mm-hmm. Like my relationship with her was like a landslide? I mean, I, and, and still, just a spoiler alert, I don't know to this day why she picked the song. Oh, come on. I don't. I never asked her. Right. But my head trash was starting to get to me, right? I'm like, oh, my gosh, why? Things are going so well. Why she picked the song? So I sat there and... You know, my, my wedding card, I was just trying to address our relationship and just how much it meant and how, you know, I just really love it and I love her and, and so happy for her. And, and so the card turned into a poem. Okay. And I'm like, hey, this, this has kind of got some this rhythm. how you're expressing yourself. Yeah, I'm expressing myself. I'm like, this is kind of turning into a poem. Right. And then very shortly after that, turned into a song. Okay. Now, um, you know, I put a lot of the words down. I actually reached out to a, you know, online solution that helped me fit the right words to it would make sense in, in, in a song. So they, they juggled some things around. But this actually, this dude actually took all my words and juggled a couple of them and put them into a song and put music to it. Can I hear it? I'd love for you to hear it. 
Dude, that was, uh, and I even asked you if I should share that. I mean, I think it's, it's certainly a personal thing, but I think it was important. You know, I know we have people out there that, that are situations in their life and, and they just don't have hope, you know. And, um, and so, you know, my, my, little, my little wedding card to my daughter turned into that song. And I shared that with her. <clears throat> and I just can't tell you the close moment that we had. And we were on video, and, and just, it was just so emotional and a connection. And it's clear that we're rebuilding our relationship. And, you know, I love what was said in the song that, you know, I'm there to celebrate them. You know, I'm on, on our wedding day and in life, you know. And I embrace the landslide because, and we hear this in the rooms. People are like, well, you know, 
I'm grateful that I'm an alcoholic. And I used to say bullshit, you know. But I would not have had that level of connection and experience with my daughter and, and the ability to write that song if I didn't have a landslide. You know, the disastrous landslide to hell that I went on for so many years. <clears throat> so I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. So so I, I sent that to her and it was just really cool. Um so now comes wedding week, right? Mm-hmm. So I went down early. We got a nice Airbnb and my my so wedding was Saturday, so we went down Wednesday and, and my, my wife and, and son and daughter didn't come down till Friday because they had school and but my sponsor and I went down Wednesday. And I'm telling you, it was one of the and, and I went down just to help. I, I said I said to my daughter, I said, you know what, I'll be there. I said, you know, if, if you need me to run errands, I'll run errands. If you need me to, you know, decorate, I'll decorate I'll do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I said, if you don't need me, that's fine. I'll just hang out. You know, I'll do some work, I'll, you know, hang out with Tim. And and so we we, we Tim and I had a great time. We had great meals together, went by the racetrack together. I mean, we just and it was really cool Airbnb. You know, we had a house for the family, and then we had a nice living area out back with the fireplace and couches and, you know, outside patio place. And then the garage was out back with a really cool suite on top, so he stayed in the suite. And uh, I had the opportunity to take good care of him, mm-hmm. you know, for a change and uh, really treat him and, and take care of him and just, you know, a way to say thanks. And, and uh, so it was a really good time for he and I to connect also uh, during, during that wedding week. So that was, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday morning. Well, my my other daughter, um, you know, who also wrote me off, she was there also. She was the maid of honor. And, and so, you know, I, I saw her throughout the week, and I've been re- really close with her, and I love my relationship with her, and, you know, really rebuilt that and still working on that and, and, and loving her to death. And, and so, you know, she and my other daughter and her fiance came over for cookout Thursday night and was just so relaxed. And Tim, you know, my sponsor was there and we just, you know, we had steaks and crab meat and we were just goofing off. And it was just such a relaxed, fun, loving time. Um, and it was great. So then Friday morning, um, my daughter calls me up. She goes, hey, I got some errands. Do you want to run them with me? I'm like, sure. So we go out, so we duck into a Starbucks to have a cup of coffee, and we're sitting there. <clears throat> and um, and she starts laying out who is going to be there at the wedding. And they are names that I knew. So I've probably been divorced 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. They are names from 20, 25 years ago mm-hmm. that knew me as an asshole, that knew me when I was a drunk, that knew the devastation I was causing. And, and she sat there and said, she goes, I'm just so glad you and mom get along so great that we have a family where everybody can just be in the same room and hang out and have fun together and love on each other. And, and, and it's all good, right? And I'm sitting there listening to her say that, and I have a massive load of head trash coming. Because all I could think about was who I was back then. And all I could think about was, you know, that's how they know me. And now, instead of walking into a fun-loving time, I'm walking into the pit of hell of these people who can't stand me, right? And they know the devastation I did, and I got to stand up to that. And I'm telling you, for several hours, mm-hmm. I had severe head trash. You know what you did? I called you. Yeah, you did. 
I called you. My, my sponsor was Goffin, damn him. <laughs> I couldn't call him. But I called you. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm really struggling with this. And, and, and I was, what I've learned in AA is I, I'm not that person anymore. I don't need to carry that load, that weight. And yet for that period of a couple hours, I was. Sure. And then, and then, of course, you know, we had the rehearsal Friday afternoon and then rehearsal dinner. So, you know, in my mind, everybody's going to be at the rehearsal and Tim's out golfing and um, my wife and kids are stuck no. in traffic. So they're late coming down. So here's Glenn's got to walk in by himself, you know, which, dude, you know me. I can walk right. in anywhere by myself. I was scared. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I was starting to get pissed. And I'm like, look, man, you know who you are today. Just stop the head trash. Just stop. And I'll, I'll admit, man, I prayed and uh, several times. Mm-hmm. And um, just stopped the head trash. And so I landed up um, going in. And it was perfect. Um, I mean, I was welcomed. I was hugged. Um, and it was nothing, you know. So, so there was one person. There was one person there, my my ex stepfather-in-law, who was on my amends list. Mm-hmm. And I have not done my ninth step with him yet. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to tell my sponsor about him, and we was about. And these guys like eighty some years old now, right? But you know, he and I really went round and round on, on many things. And, and yeah, part of it was my ego. Part of it was him, you know. Um, and I'm not the only one that points out issues in, in him, but I'm not taking his inventory. I, and, and I said, hey, I'm just going to stay away from him, you know. And sure enough, and I've seen him a couple times at graduations and stuff since, and, and he's, been, he's been great. And I'm thinking, well, maybe his age mellowed him, right? I was wrong. And he was just as much of an a-hole as he always was. And, and, uh, and so I was starting to get my resentments going again. I'm like, hey, man, it's just, just don't, don't get involved. And so I didn't. And, and there were times, you know, there were times he wanted to engage. And I'm just like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. And I just, you know, kept on walking, you know. Because uh, I know it wasn't going to be good for anybody. And right, was, so change the scenery. Right? He, he was drinking. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean just, it was just. Right. So I avoided, right. But. That whole list of people that I was all stressed about at the wedding, I mean, I had hugs from them, and Glenn, I just, great to see you. Here you're doing great. You know, love to see you, Father's a Bride. Love to see you walking down with Claire. I mean, it was just, it was just really cool. You know, it, it was almost like redemption in, in a lot of people's eyes. And, and, my, and my ex-mother-in-law was just so loving towards me, and, and it, it was just really cool. So the wedding day went great. You know, the... Um, uh, it was just fantastic. Uh, pictures went great. Walk, walked her down the aisle. I mean, that was actually my, my sponsor. You know, you have the photographer take hundreds of pictures, but my sponsor took a picture of me walking down the aisle. And it's my favorite pic because she's beaming, a beautiful, beaming, happy bride. And my head is kind of down, kind of humble, which is absolutely how I was, and kind of pensive. And, like, it was just it's not about me. It's about her. You know, and it's just a beautiful picture. I can't wait to put it in my office. And, you know, I'll, I'll remember that the rest of my life. But that's how I looked at the whole, the whole thing. So she asked me, she said, hey, Dad, will, will you, like, welcome everybody? And then will you do a toast? And then will you say, you know, a, a blessing, you know? And I said, absolutely, right? So I wrote, I wrote it all out. 
So I'm like, here comes this toast that everybody sweats over, right? So I get up there. I have nothing in my hand, right? I walked up you're to. Not going, you're at living or you've got to memorize? No. So I, I had a note in, in my hand just in case, right? Okay. But I, I did 95% of it off memory, off my heart. <clears throat> but I had no glass in my hand for this toast. Right, so everybody's worried about. Oh my God, what am I going to do at my daughter's wedding for the That's toast? That's right. What am I going to do? Just don't have a glass Dude, in I your did hand. I did it. I did it with no glass, no water, no champagne, nothing. Nice. I just went up there. And nobody second guessed. I, you know what? And I did the toast, and it was it, it was cool, you know. And then I put my hand up in the air. I said, Hey, let's toast the bride and groom. Right, you know. And right. I put my hand up in the air. Nobody said, Where's your glass? Yeah, right. Nobody said, What are you doing? You fool. The no, from the back. Nobody of the room. noticed. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, the, the toast went off great. And then the, the wedding went off great. Um, and so it was about midnight, right? We're all back at the house. And, um, you know, we, we had a sparkler exit for the bride and groom. And we were back at my house. And it was just my sponsor and I sitting at that back table. And we're still all dressed up. You know, I still got my suit on. He's got his suit on. And, um, you know, there's only one little light on. You know, it's like one of those moments, right? And um, so my, my daughter gave me a card, and she goes, don't read it till later. And I said, okay. So I had it in my suit pocket, so I pulled it out and opened this card, and I read this card. <clears throat> as much as I want to read it, I'm not going to. Um, but it was one of the most heartfelt cards, heartfelt words I have ever read in my life. And it was so meaningful and so forgiving and so loving and so looking forward, right, and she even said, she said Dad, I just can't wait to see what we're going to do together next, you know. And um, she's already asked me to take her and her grandkids, and her, my, my grandkids, her babies, which she doesn't have yet, right. to Disney World. She mm-hmm. asked me that this summer. She goes, Dad, would you come with us to Disney World someday and bring our kids to Disney World? I mean, talk about redemption, right? right? I mean, so, so I sat back there, and I was reading it, and Tim was across the table from me. And, um, and, of course, I was tearing up, man. It was so emotional. And I just tossed it to him. I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is what surrender, this is what AA, this is what your sponsorship and a 1,000 meetings will get you. <laughs> and, of course, he read it. And, you know, I was just so grateful for him. I mean, he, would, he hung in with me when everybody else gave up on me. You know, I'd be in some hospital at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd see him walking in, you know. And uh, I'm like, dude, this is every bit you as it is me. And it was really cool. And uh, since then, um, you know, still super connected with both daughters. In fact, my, my youngest who lives out in Santa Monica, she's like, she's like, Dad, this is like two weeks after the wedding. She's like, Dad, you know. Hey, I, you know, I can't wait for you to come out and visit again, just like you did like last fall. She goes, well, let's get that on the calendar. She goes, I really miss you. And I'm like, man, you know, this is from daughters who didn't want anything to do with their dad again. Mm-hmm. So, dude, that, that's my wedding bell story. You know, I, I just want some to give some hope to people because right. I know people, you know, guys I sponsor, people that I know in the rooms their kids aren't connecting with them yet you know and and the promise it says sometimes quickly sometimes slowly for me it's mostly slow i mean this is i'm seven years away from the post that this happened Mm -hmm. you know eight years from my surrender 
um, you know, just keep on it. You know, there is hope out there. All I did was surrender to the, the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I worked them, and I worked them diligently. It's a simple program. It's not easy. And the rewards, I, I look back at that wedding season. It could not have been better, and I'm so grateful for it. So I appreciate the, the opportunity to kind of steal the mic, Mike, Mike, for the night and, um, you know, just kind of share that story and just kind of walk through each part and the lessons I've learned and the value that it delivered. Well, there were so many lessons in there, Glenn. And, you know, I love the fact you started out by saying that you were going to be there for her in their wedding. And those two simple words, be there, uh, really jumped out at me. And your whole story then conveyed that you were there with her, for her, alongside her. And that, that is something that I was incapable of doing. I was there for me. I wasn't in their situation. I was in my own situation. The other thing that really jumped out at me is the fact that you didn't have your hands on the wheel. You know, when I love road trips, right? And mm-hmm. I love driving on road trips. But I also love being a passenger on a road trip. When my wife and I will swap and she's driving, now I get to see the scenery, right? Oh. Uh, I'm telling you. All of a sudden, you're seeing the scenery. When you got your hands on the wheel, you're worried about the speed. You're worried about what lane you're in. You know, most of the time I am. And, you know, but you took your hands off the wheel. You said, honey, this is you. You drive. I'm just going along for the ride. And and look what happened. I mean, look what happened. It's a beautiful story. So the name of that song Mm -hmm. is Embracing the Landslide. Yeah. And, uh... No, man, you know, I have learned through many, many examples, not just the wedding bells example. Life is often better in the backseat. Right, right. You know, life is better when you're not necessarily driving. Right. And the other thing, the other thing that really jumped out at me, Glenn, uh, that I'll hold on to after this coffee is uh, a lot of times your your head was telling you what was going to happen. And in every instance, that's not what happened. You know? You're so right. Head trash. Head trash. It, it was telling you. You're so right. You know, I'm not going to walk her down the aisle. They're, they're, these people aren't going to talk to me. I'm not going to have something. All these things that you were worried about, none of them came to pass. Oh, I do have to tell you one one funny part of it. So we're at the reception, mm-hmm. right? And, and it was all hell in one place, so we didn't have to go anywhere. But, um, you know, so I was, I was avoiding that person all night, right? Right. So he... He walks up to Tim, right? So Tim's outside smoking a cigar, and, and Tim's chilling. He's loving it. He's in heaven. He's out there smoke, perfect night, smoking a cigar. And 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 this guy, my my ex father in law, comes comes up, stepfather in law, um, comes up to him. He goes, and and he had had some cocktails. He goes, I know who you are. Anyway, and Tim smooth as smooth as sure, sure. nothing rattles. Tim, Tim goes. Tim goes. Yeah, I'm Tim. He goes, no, I know who you are. He goes, I know I met you last night. He goes, no, that's not what I mean. He goes, I know you are Glenn's AA sponsor. Whoa, busted. Yeah, like he was having some secret busted, right? I've called you out. And he says, he goes, matter of fact, I am. He goes, I just want to tell you what a great job you've done with Glenn. He and I used to go round and round. I'm glad you fixed them. 
Is Tim ready for another sponsee? <laughs> just, hey, we... man, if he hasn't given up on me yet. But, uh, dude, I mean, that was just so funny. And I'm just like, uh, man. And, and, and so Tim's like, no, you're not going to do your ninth step with him yet. <laughs> I just really appreciate you sharing that story, Glenn. It was I cool, really, man. Wedding bells. It was bells. so good on so many fronts. And what do you, what do you tell the guy? What do you tell the guy who, because I wrote down slow briety, right? So, Dude, I've never heard that, but I love it. Right? So, you know, slow, slow variety. It, it just takes time. You can't rush it. And you didn't rush it. You, you you let it the world unfold in front of you, and you just took things as they came. But what do you tell the guy? What do you tell the guy that his daughters are not talking to him right now? I mean, how can you assure them, you know, that life is going to turn out with a fairy tale wedding so that's a challenge because i can't guarantee that right um there's one guy i know in sobriety's got 25 years sober now i don't know how he acts Mm -hmm. i don't what i do know is he has not reconnected with his kids after 25 years of sobriety Mm -hmm. he is the only example that i know where the reconnection has not been made. I've told the story before about a guy in my neighborhood who goes to AA. He's, my, he's, he's one of our brothers from the room. And he, I'm a couple steps ahead of him on the sober path. And, and he was like, Glenn, I'm, you know, I know it's happening for you. It's not happening for me. I'm like, dude, just keep, keep walking on the path. Keep right. doing what you're doing. And I was cutting the grass one day. And I turned around, and he's bringing his daughters, you know, to meet me, you know. And I'm like, you know, Amen. So the only thing that I would say is, you know, and I've shared this before, but I, there, there's a dial, right? There's a dial and there's two words. On the one side of the dial is faith and the other side of the dial is fact. I kept, with faith, kept going along this program because I saw this program was working for you and for them and for him and for her. And I, I just kept saying, I watched the miracles happen for them before it happened to me. And I just kept saying, I'm going to keep, I have enough faith. I'm going to keep working this program. I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Do the next right thing. And I saw little by little snippets of different things happening in my life where it was becoming factual for me. Mm-hmm. And then I had some big ones. My eighth and ninth step, I had some major wins from the eighth and ninth step, major factoids. And so what I would say to them is, you know, make sure you're, you're working a good program. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you're really surrendered to this program. Because if you're going to work it half-assed, you're going to get a half-assed result. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you really surrender and say, I'm going to do whatever this program tells me to do. I'm going to do whatever my sponsor tells me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't take that next drink. But for me, it wasn't about taking the next drink. Not drinking would not have gotten me at that wedding. That's right. Changing the way I live and who I am got me at that wedding. Because just not drinking, I was still a dick. Sure. I was still an asshole. Right. You know, I was still selfish. I still had Listen to me agreeing with you. Yeah, you uh, were. Yeah, you <laughs> were. Too. Totally. Well, you've heard my stories, right? So so all, all I keep, you know, AA is great for stopping me from drinking. Yeah, that was helpful. But it was really monumental in helping me learn a different way to live. And I just kept hanging in there. And I had enough facts here or there. My dial at this point right. is 75% on fact. Okay. Still some things I do with faith, mm-hmm. you know. 
because you know it's sight unseen but but i know that i'm doing the right thing and you know what i'm what i'm really working now is my will versus god's will type mm-hmm. thing and, mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother thing but you know what um i think we're able to share some experience strength and hope you know i have seen more relationships men when we stop drinking and we start living differently we start making amends for the past and we're not piling on new ones right right you know if you screw up everybody screws up right. you know just say i'm sorry man you know and and i'm not perfect with, and with say you're sorry with your actions yeah you, you know, know change change how, how, change how, you, how you live. Behave. but yeah. you know a key for them is yeah stopping the detox they stopping the rehab stopping the drinking stopping the disappearing act that was one thing right but i I've, I've learned how to live as a real loving dad and you learned it in the rooms of AA. and that's where the oh, i i've learned it from listening to guys tell their stories of how they're a good dad mm-hmm. and i paid attention i use their tools and it works well i hope people paid attention to this too because i think uh, i did and uh you know you called your sponsor you called you you did all there was a dozen tools you used in your story love it man i love it Th- thanks hey, for the opportunity to share it absolutely got the wedding bell blues there we go man love it all right now to start saving for the next one. Oh boy watch out now amen thanks mikey all right buddy thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat to contact the show email us at podcast at sober.coffee if you need immediate help the aa hotline is 800-839-1686 The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.